You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. This week we're kicking off 2018 with a new sermon series from Pastor Rick as he encourages us to share the dream. I want to tell you two things. I'm going to break this sermon down in two parts, and the first part's longer than the second part. But I want, to talk, I want to tell you what I think you need to hear, you need to know. I want to tell you something, okay? This, the first part's what I, I want you to know. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, 2017, but even before that as well. And then I want to tell you what I hope we'll do in 2018, okay? So let's jump into this. So let me give you a little bit of background. Um, I was one of those people that was raised in church. As far as I know, um, I went to church pretty much every single Sunday that the door was open from the day I came home from. As far as I know, you know, unless somebody was sick or something, we, we went to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I mean, we just, we did. You know, we said, to, we said grace at every meal. You know, we, um, we didn't make decisions without, you know, talking to God about it. You know, God was intricately involved in our lives, okay? But one of the things I, I noticed about my early years growing up was this. And this is something that I think frustrated me when I got older. And, and really when I got into ministry and I saw it happening is it seemed like when I was, when I was growing up in church that churches all picked something. It's almost like they had a meeting and said, oh, what's our thing? It's like, you know, every church had their thing that made them different, you know. You know, that church speaks in tongues. That church teaches eternal security. That church has drums. That church doesn't have any musical instruments. That church sprinkles. That church dunks. And not just donuts and coffee. But, but, yeah, we're, we're dunkers around here at 2911, you know. And, and, and it seemed like, you know, we spent all of our time kind of arguing with one another. It's like it became divisive in the church world. And, and, you know, and when looking back at it now, I'd say I spent a lot more time, and I, I, got, a, I got one really good friend uh, back in those days, I hadn't seen him in years now, but that, man, we just spent so much time talking. It seems like I spent more time talking to him, a Christian from another church, than I spent talking to anybody. You know, so in the past, and, you know, this is a, a good tweetable comment, I believe, here, and if you go to the, the Sunday's, the Connect page, and go to my sermon notes, you'll find a place that you can tweet this, but I believe in the past... We seem more interested in persuading other Christians to be more like us instead of persuading non-Christians to be like Jesus. Now, would you take a moment and consider the absurdity of that? Because that's where we were. I believe that. I, I, that, that is what we were doing. We were, we were all in to try. That, that church is not getting in, so we got to straighten them out. You know? And, and this, didn't, this didn't start when I was a kid, Okay. It, it's been happening all along, ever since before there was a, a Christian church. You know, the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 49, this is, uh, this is actually John, you know, the beloved apostle. John says to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Because the most important thing is for people to be in our group, right? We don't care whether people are getting saved or people are getting free. This is what he's saying. He's saying, Jesus we saw somebody praying in your name for other people to be set free, and we told them to stop because they weren't in our group. You know what Jesus did? 
verse 50, it's not right there, but again, if you go to the, the sermon notes on the Sunday's Connect page, you, you, you'll see it there. But Jesus said, don't do that. Stop it. Because if they're not against us, they're, they're working with us. They're working for us. And here's the thing. It's like, uh, okay, yeah, John missed it big time right here. And probably some of the other disciples, from what I've read about them, you know, what we see in other stories, probably some of the other disciples kind of had that same attitude as, hey, wait, they're not in our group. Why are they using our, our master's name, our savior's name? They probably had the same attitude. But here's the thing. It's when Jesus told them, stop doing that, you know what? They stopped. Because I don't see them doing it ever again. But what I see is I see John and all the rest of the disciples doing everything they can to spread the gospel. And instead of, instead of trying to coerce other people who were trying to follow Jesus and doing it a certain way or whatever, they were more interested in trying to coerce unbelievers to become believers in Jesus Christ. But that's what I saw growing up. And so I think, you know, sometimes you ever get frustrated with things in your life? Something happened, you get a little frustrated. And, you know, the, the normal inclination is what? Throw up your hands and quit. You know, somebody, you know, somebody in your life is doing things a certain way. And maybe you try to work with them a little bit, and, and they just don't. And they're just like, well, forget you then. I'll go over here and find somebody else, you know, that I can help. And we want to just sometimes just quit, give up and, go, and, 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 and just give up and walk away. And, you know, and, but I think the frustration, what, what God did with this frustration in my heart and in David's heart and our lives and, and what, what God did is he birthed inside of our heart a church that was focused on reaching those who were not connected to God. Not about, not, not about figuring out the perfect church, because I believe, I, I've said this several times, some of you heard me say this, if you've been around here, you've heard me say this, I don't believe there's anybody that is going to stand before God and hear him say, you know what? You had it all figured out 100%. Everything you had, you knew everything. You had your theology perfect. None of us are going to be that way. And yet we're trying to convince people about our theology instead of let's go convince somebody who's not following Jesus at all. And that's what God birthed in 2911 is that church. 2911 is that church. Because, you know, I, I don't know of a scripture where God calls us to talk people into believing exactly like we believe, or, you know, or dividing all those things. But I do remember scripture, Matthew chapter 28, you know, verse 19, 20, it's what we call the, the Great Commission. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. He's not, he doesn't say, go talk people into believing what you're doing, believing in that. No, he says, Go talk people into believing in what I'm doing and following after me. That's the call God's given. Okay, so this, this is what's key about 2911, okay? This is what's key. It's not about reaching connected people. I'm a connected person. I was raised in church, okay? I know the King James Version of the Lord's Prayer. You know, I know all the vows and all the everything else in there, okay? I, I'm connected, you know, so the, the, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, is not about reaching the connected. And 2911 is not about reaching the connected. We're about reaching the unconnected. That's the, that's the, the calling that God has given us. That's, that's what's key about it. And, 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 and there's plenty of conne unconnected people around us. You may have heard me throw out this, this little uh, stat of uh, there are over 20,000 people in North Jefferson County not connected to any Christian church. You may have heard me. Let me be a little more specific right here, okay? In 2002, there was a survey done by um, uh, the, the um, oh man, I can't remember the name of the, 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 the company, the group now, but the Associated Religious Data Archives. 
is the name of the company. And you, can, you can Google that, Association of Religious Data, Ar Data Archives, and, and you'll see the same figures that I'm going to throw out to you here. you got to look for them, but they're there. Is that in 2002, in North Jefferson County, 22,380 people were not connected to any Christian church whatsoever. All right? So, you know what, you know what that told us? That told us that, that there's a lot of people out there, you know, because a lot, a lot of people say, well, we need another church. We don't need another church in North Jefferson County. Well, that, that told us that we do need more churches in Jefferson County, North Jefferson County, and maybe even further. But it also told us that we need something different because if the churches that are presently here could reach them, they would have done so. Because, see, here's the thing. Is those people, they're different than me. They weren't, a lot of them weren't raised to be in church every time the doors were open. A lot of them weren't raised to stop and say grace at every meal. A lot of them don't know the King James Version of the Lord's Prayer, okay? So they're different than me. And you know what? If you're going to reach different people, then you have to do things differently. You know, you can't do things the same old way. You got to do things different. So, so here's, here's the, what I'm setting you up for here in just, just a few moments to tell you a few things that we do differently here at 2911, if you hadn't noticed yet, is, is, is that the next time you see something, it makes you say, oh, I, that's different the way we do that at 2911. I hope you do. And then I hope you say, that must be one of those things that God has led us to do so that we can reach people who are not yet connected to God. I hope that's what you do from this point on, okay? Because here, here's what I really believe, is I believe that, you know, sometimes I think, I think we might point, want to point fingers still at other churches. See, that whole thing, is, I think, has gotten better, the, the divisiveness in the church world. But I think sometimes we still want to point fingers and say, well, they, they don't really want to see people saved. They, they don't really want to reach the world. They don't really want to reach the lost. And sometimes it's easy for us to say, well, we're reaching the lost. They don't really care about it. You know, now there's probably some idiots out there. I mean, there's probably some churches out there that, that are kind of like that or whatever, you know, um, and you, they just want to stay who they are and stay little and whatever. But I believe that 90 plus, a, a high percentage, 90 plus percent of the churches really do know that the Great Commission is about reaching the unconnect, people that don't know God yet, people that don't know Jesus. It's, and I believe churches know that. But sometimes the question is not, would you, but could you? You know, sometimes the question is not, well, that church doesn't want to, it's that that church isn't able to. Or maybe that that person doesn't want to see someone else come to Jesus, but that, that person just doesn't know how to, because we've all kind of seen it, haven't we? That where our attempts to lead somebody has maybe repelled somebody at times, so that's the question. That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Can I reach someone different than me? Oh, that's paramount. That's so important. Can you reach your neighbor who doesn't say grace over their meals? Can you reach the kids you go to school with who don't know the King James Version of the Lord's Prayer? Can, can you reach the people you work with that, that don't know the songs, that don't own a Bible, have never read one, maybe never been to church? Can you? Yeah, that's the question. Is can I? Every one of us needs to ask that of ourselves today. Can I reach someone different than me? Because there's, uh, and that stat, 22,380, is 15 years old. I don't believe it's gotten any smaller. And that doesn't even count Blunt County and Walker that we reach up into. And other, we reach into other counties as well. It doesn't count any of those. There are 22,380 different people out there that we got to do things a little differently. 
And God has blessed us. You know what? Because God has made 2911 a church, not just that would, but a church that could. So let me show you. Here's, here's some of the ways that we do things a little differently around 2911. In case you haven't noticed, here's a few things. We keep the important things on the lower shelf. This is a Kind of a quote, I, I don't have it word for word, that Kurt Sanford said after he had been here a while and, and, uh, and kind of got acclimated who we are and see how we do things, he, he told me one day, he said, he said I kind of like this idea of keeping things that are important on the lower shelves. You see, if you take salvation and you put it way up here, you know, then only people who are able to climb up and get it, only people who have that, that deep spiritual bit are able to get there. Man, you gotta keep, you got to keep that. And, and you know, sometimes I know it. You might think, well, you know, it seems a little elementary, maybe the way we talk about prayer, the way we talk, you know, because prayer is just communication. Man, it sounds, come on, Pastor, get a little deep with it. Man, you know, we got to keep some of these things on the lower shelves for those people. And then, and then the rest of us, you know, it's like, it's like when, 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 we're, when we're just coming to God, you know, we got to have those things real close, real able to get to. But, but then, yeah, we got to grow. Have you ever had anybody, ever heard anybody say they left their church because they weren't getting fed? You ever heard somebody say that? Let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you how, how it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to work. Church, churches work with their families just like families work with it. Churches work just like families work, okay? Families feed infants. They spoon feed them or bottle feed them. They feed them. But as they begin to grow, they prepare, they provide the food, prepare the food, and give them a spoon and a fork and start teaching them how to feed themselves right? Is anybody putting two and two together here? You know, if we put the important stuff on the, on, on the lower shelves. We try to keep it accessible to everybody, but then we want to help you grow, and that's what we do. And, and listen, you just think about it. If you're 20 years old today, and you don't know how to feed yourself, it's not your family's fault. <laughs> you know, if you don't, if you can't feed, you might not know this, but you know, there are actually people who grow up and figure out how to cook for themselves. Did you know that? You know, some of you need, still need to learn that, right? They figure out how to cook for themselves and make for themselves and, you know, cut their own meat. You know, they don't have to have somebody else do that, you know? And so that's what we do as a church, okay? Is, is we put it there for you, but, you know, put most everything on the lower shelves, but then we, we put the meat and that stuff. We put it, you got to dig for it. You got to go after it. And one of the things, listen, to this morning already, a survey has gone out to our church. We did this at the end of last year. We're doing it now uh, at the end of 2017. The survey went out today, okay? And if you didn't get it, it means we don't have your email address. And please stop by the table on your way out and give us your email address because we want to get the survey from you. And, and it's totally anonymous, but here's what we want to hear from you is we want to hear how we're doing on that, okay? This survey tells us how well we're preparing the food and putting it out there and giving you utensils where you can start eating for yourself so you can continue to grow and we can keep the salvation and, and the prayer and those things re really, really close for everybody to reach, but we can still help you to grow, okay? So that we do things like that. Okay, secondly, I, I can't spend that much time preaching all these. We create a safe place to bring our unchurched friends to. This has been paramount. This has been so important at 2911. It's creating a safe place. Uh, just before the first service this morning, someone told me uh, about some friends they had that they had gotten offended at a church because somebody, and they told me what was said to them at a church. And you know what I thought? I thought, bring them here. Because there is nobody at 2911 that will talk to them like that. Because this is a safe place. You can, bring, you can bring your unchurched friends here, people that have never been in church before. You can bring them here. And you know that, right? You know that because we're working on that. We want this to be a safe place. You know, uh, yeah, sometimes you get uncomfortable when, when you start thinking about 
the way you're living or everything, but we don't want it to be about anything else except maybe God speaking to them about that. I'll tell you this other story too. This week I was having lunch with someone, and, and, and they had a friend that lives a couple of hours from here. You know, 2911 could never be their church. They had a friend that lives two hours from here, and their friend had been hurt by a church. And, and, and there were thir- certain things that, that, that they, they just believed about a church. And, and, and I was, this church member I was having lunch with this week, they said, oh, you need to come to my church. And you need to see that it's different. And so they came, and you know what they said? They said, I like that. They said, that was good. That, and you know what? It dispelled all of the stuff that they had believed about every church because of how they were hurt in another church. And you, you know what I love? I love the fact that that person will probably never attend church here regularly because they live so far away, but that you and I, because of our attitude, you and I, and one of our teams did something just really amazing that day. And, and, and because, of, because of our attitude and the way we handled them while they were here, we dispelled all of that. So now maybe they can go find a church near where they live because they no longer believe that every church is going to hurt them like that, that other church hurt them. I, I love that. And that's, that's why we do everything we can to create a safe place so that you can feel good. You, you know that you're going to bring, and you're not, they're not going to be manipulated. They're not going to have their arm twisted. They're, they're not, they're not going to be, be told one thing and then you know, bait and switch kind of a stuff. And I, you know that. That's, that's one of the ways we do things differently around here. And another thing, uh, number three is we dress in street clothes. Yep, we do. Right? And, and let me tell you a couple of reasons why. Uh, this was one I say all the time at 101. Uh, we dress in street clothes because unchurched people don't own church clothes. You know, if you find somebody that doesn't go to church... And you go to their house, look in their closet. They don't have half their closet is not, you know, those dress-up, you know, real frilly Easter dresses and all that stuff. They don't have a, a half of a closet full of that, thing, that stuff, right? They don't own that, okay? But here, here's another thing. Here's the other reason. Is here's what, what street clothes say. Street clothes make this statement. You don't have to dress a certain way to be accepted at 2911. That's what dressing in street clothes say. That's why we dress in street clothes. And you don't have to bust your budget to go out and buy a whole bunch of new clothes to fit in at 29-11. And so that's why we do this. Okay, and, and that, that's just, that's, that, that right there is a great example of, of a lot of things we do. And those reasons about the street clothes are behind a lot of the reasons we do some of the stuff we do. It's because we're looking and we're thinking about what's going to, uh, to enable somebody and help somebody come or, or what's going to be a, a hindrance or roadblock. Go on to the next one for me, Kevin. We, we do, like Brent said a few moments ago, we do navigation instead of announcements. Sometimes we have to make an announcement, but we try to only make announcements if they pertain to a first-time attender, you know, that kind of a thing, or, or if it's just something we just got to say, then we will make announcements. But uh, here's the thing is, is, is we want to be about helping them. Remember, keeping things lower shelf. You know, and, and so, so we want to say, okay, here's what's happening next. That kind of thing. Here's what's happening next in the service. Here's what's happening next or this week or that kind of thing. You know, maybe some things you get involved in. And, and, and we do that because, you know, if you're connected at 2911, you already know where to find the announcements, right? You do, don't you? The Sunday's page that we tell you about every single week, every announcement, everything going on there. But if you're really connected, you already know what's going on before you show up on Sunday, I mean, you know, because you're a small group, you know, or because you're part of a Facebook group, you know, that, that's doing some things, and you already know that stuff even before you get here on Sunday. So that's why we don't waste time on Sunday morning making a lot of announcements, because we already know what the announcements are if we're connected, or we know where to go and we know where to find those things, okay? So that, that's another thing we do. Uh, what's our next one, Kevin? We spend our advertising budget equipping you. 
You know, we've, at 2911, for eight and a half years, we have never uh, rented a billboard. I've, I've looked into them. I've started to do it. We've never had a TV commercial. I've done it at other churches, uh, like in small markets where you could go on cable and that kind of thing and do, do some good commercials. I've done that. I would, hey, I would love to have about five commercials every day on, on every, every one of the networks, the local networks here in Birmingham. But, man, that's expensive. I would love to do that. It has, it has an important place, and I'm glad for those who are able to afford it that do TV commercials or do billboards because it's great. But I don't know one single person that says, I'm a Christian today because of a TV commercial or I'm a Christian today because of a billboard. They have their place because it's, it's like salt that's going out there. But the reason we want to put our advertising dollars in you is because you're the reason other people come to church. You know, most every one of you can look around and say, there's the person that's the reason I'm at 2911 today. You know, and so, so we spend all of our advertising dollars on things like T-shirts, ink pens. You know, those are cheap, but still, man, I would go grab a handful every single week and you know, leave them everywhere. I don't, we don't care. Ink pens on your way out the door, that kind of thing. We put T-shirts on you because you're the walking billboards. You're the ones that, that are important. And so, and so we're going to ramp this up in 2018. And here's what we're going to do. This is the rule for 2018. Now, sometimes you've got to bend a rule, okay? So I'm not saying it won't happen. But the rule for 2018 is we're not going to do any church-sponsored advertising in 2018. What we're going to do is we're going to put every effort and every dollar of advertising we're going to put in equipping you. And this right here is just one of those things we're going to do. At the end of the service today, Brent's going to come. And just before we dismiss and walk out the door, and he's going to explain. you got a little bit of an idea maybe there with the, with the video, but he's going to explain what this is about. This is a thing of just putting into your hands of a way for you to, you to reach. You know, uh, the, the share page, uh, it's something brand new, church2911.com slash share. You're going to hear more and more about that. This, this year. It's, it's, uh, it's going to have uh, uh, just things like, like right now it's already got a video for you to download and you can share uh, on your social media or you can email. You can download it and email it to somebody that's maybe not uh, on social media so, so you, or you can just download it and play it for somebody. And so we want to put those things. That, that's, that's something that's different about 2911 is because it's not about, the, you know, if, if, if you individually do not tell somebody about Jesus, you know, you need to realize that your church is not telling anybody about Jesus because it's not about your church doing it. It's about you doing it individually. So I ask the question again, can I reach someone who is different from me? What's, what's the next thing I got? Just one more. Our location. We're in the middle of the community. You know, and, and I got to be honest with you, we did not choose this. It kind of chose us. When, uh, when we were grow, outgrowing our, our little building that we had been in, we launched in. We were doing three services, and and uh, you know when when you've got you know you've got uh, two thousand people doing three services, you got plenty of workers and helpers. But you know when you got two hundred people trying to do three services, you're killing people. You know, so we were killing people. So we so we we sold the building. You know, so we were we were looking at uh, you know places to move, and and uh, we uh, we had uh, we sold the building, and and then we were leasing it back from the church that we sold it to. And we had, we had this lease, and so we, we stayed there for a little while. But there were some things that were transpiring that were happening. I went, I went to the board with this, and I said, guys, and, and I think they all agreed. I don't remember anybody descending. I, don't, I believe some even said, yeah, I agree. As I said, guys, we have to leave 
at the end of our release. We can't, they were offering us more time. I said, we can't do that. It's time to go. We got to get out of this building. And the board all agreed we had to do that. So we had to ramp it up even more. We started looking, I mean, we looked at bad places. You know, uh, we looked at, you know, some of the staff can tell you, they were worried about where pastor was going to take us to try a new church. I mean, we looked at some bad places because we had to find a place. Two weeks before our last service in that little building, we had nowhere to go. We had approached the Civic Center, but it looked like a closed door. It was still kind of barely open, you know, I was hoping to hear something back, but it was a closed door. Ten days before our last service in that building, we got approval to come and be in this, in this building. And it was a God thing, the way it worked out. And it happened, and we only got three months. We had approval for three months. That was three and a half years ago. And God, we believe God put us here. It was a God thing about how God has put us here. Because right now, we're in the middle of community life right here. You know, if I tell you where our old building is, some of you, I'll have to talk to you about 30 or 40 seconds before you'll figure out where the old building was. But you, you want to invite somebody to your church today, you say, Gardendale Civic Center. Everybody knows where that is. We're in one of the, the best ones. We're in this. Let me give you this, this other instance right here. I asked Justin uh, a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to be able to say this today. I wanted to know. On Wednesday night, Justin and our teen workers, they minister to 25 teens. Now, now, I want you to understand. Listen, I want you to get this. They minister to 25 teens that never come to church on Sunday morning. You see these teens sitting here, right? I'm not talking about them. They're ministering to them, too, on Wednesday night. But they're ministering to 25 teens who never go to a church service on Sunday morning. Why? Because we're in the middle of community life. Why? Because some of them are playing basketball, and they take a break from playing basketball to come over to our, our teen service on Wednesday night. That we're reaching people that we'd never reach if we were in a church building. God has put us here on purpose. And so here, here we are, you know, as long as God wants us here, you know, here we are doing, doing everything God wants. So, so let me give you a little bit of a history lesson to just go along with this right here, okay? So April 2014, that's, uh, that's when we moved here on Easter, April 2014. We actually did a service outside the week before, but on, April, on Easter, April 2014, we moved to the Gardendale Civic Center. Now, one of our goals when we launched 2911 was to, because when we launched 2911, everybody was church. I mean, they came from another church to help us do this, you know? I mean, they were going to another church and they said, yeah, we want to help you plant this thing. So everybody was from another church. So one of the goals was if we're going to reach people who aren't connected, we got to set a goal. So we set a goal that eventually we would finally be one day, hopefully, we're going to work toward half of the people then being unchurched before coming to 2911. And four months after moving into this building in August of 2014, we hit that. It was 51.2%, 51.2% in August. That, that's in four months. Now, we had already started reaching unchurched people before we got here, but it just got kicked it in overdrive when we got here then. So you know what we did? We bumped our goal up to 60% because 50 never was my goal, okay? 50 was just the goal I gave people so they, they, they could think, okay, we might be able to reach that. But once we hit 50, people believed we could reach 60. And you know what? And we did it. Uh, next year, well, October 2015, 60.2% of, of the people attending, 60% of the people attending 2911, and we're not going anywhere before coming to 2911. And so, you know what we did? We bumped it up again because 60%, that wasn't my goal either. That wasn't my ultimate goal. So we bumped it up to 66, where that two thirds of the people, that was our, our, our goal, is that two thirds of the people attending 2911 were going nowhere before coming to 2911 for the first time. That that, that, that that was our goal. And, so, and you know what? Here's what I knew. is going from 50 to 60, 
was going to be a lot easier than going from 60 to 66. Now it sounds like smaller numbers, but it's a greater percentage, and it's, and it's a little more difficult. And so we knew that was going to be harder, and it was going to take longer to get there. And so we want to hit 66%, don't we? So I'm hoping to hit, we, we can't hit 66% in 2018, though, because we've already hit it. In November 2017, here was our number, 67.5%. Would somebody say praise God? You think about what that means. You look around, you look, at, you look at three people around you, two of those people were going to no church before 2911. Only one. You know, when I was talking early in the sermon about being different, about people being different from me, I did that on purpose. Because I really want to flip it around. I want you to see the, the reality of it. Is I'm the one that's different. I was raised in church. That makes me different. I was going to church somewhere before I came to 2911. That makes me different. Most of the people sitting here Twice as many people sitting here were going nowhere before 2911 than the people who were going somewhere and came here. And so you know what we're doing now? This wasn't my goal either. I'll tell you, honestly, my goal was one day to be 75%. And so that's what we're bumping it up to right now. That's our goal, is to, is to get there, okay? And this is amazing what God has done at 29. My, my buddies in ministry were blown away when we hit 50%. I can't wait to have some conversations with them about hitting 67.5%. I can't wait to have those conversations. And, and they say, how do you do that? How do you, do? you know how you do it? By focusing on reaching different people. That means you've got to do things differently. 2017 was an amazing year. Great things happened. We've been talking about how great God has been blessing. But has anybody been blessed personally in your individual life in 2017? You gave God a hand of praise back when you saw 67% just a moment ago. But is there anybody here that say, man, I was blessed in 2017, that we could also give God a hand of praise for what he has done in 2017 and thank him for what he has done in our individual lives? Okay, so we got, got started a little late, so we're just now at a place where I'm going into my second part, and this is the short part, okay? But now I want to talk to you about what I hope is going to happen in 2018. Our theme for this year is, if you can guess, share the dream. Share the dream. You're going to hear it over and over, and we're going to do the things to help you share the dream. That's our focus this year is, is, is the staff and leaders to get, do everything we can to help you be able to share the dream. We're going to close with something about that in just, just a few moments also. But here are the things that I, that I hope we'll do. Number one is grow. Okay, don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but grow. That means small groups are going to launch in a month. You need to join a small group. We're putting the food out there. You've got to show up and eat. You need to join a small group, and you need to start eating. You know, uh, growth track, we, we're revamping the growth track completely. Been working on it for months. And uh, well, that's one of the things we've not been able to do here in this building. And so now we finally got an, finally got an opportunity where we can do a full growth track again. Some of you have never been to a full growth track. In February, we're kicking a full growth track off. It'll, it'll be three Sundays that, that you can go, and we'll do it every month, okay? So like you come the first Sunday, the second Sunday, the third Sunday, like that, you know, and you go through the whole growth track. And it'll be more of that meat to help you grow. Okay, and even if you went through the old growth track, I still want to encourage, I want everybody in, that regularly attends 2911, I want you to plan to go through the growth track. You can do it January, you can do it February, March, or April, you know, you can do it. You don't have to get it all done there, but we really want you to do it as quick as possible because we want you to start growing. I don't want you to wait till 2019 to start growing. I want you to grow in 2018. That's what we're believing. Uh, missions, there are missions projects going on. You know, we got a missions project, a missions trip this, this month, a real close one. A, a group's going down to uh, the end of this month to help John and April McIntosh uh, uh, 
launch a church in Fairhope, uh, Alabama. Uh, there's, a, there's a missions trip this spring to, uh, to Arkansas to, to work at a, at, at, to actually do labor like, like uh, repair and remodeling at a, at a youth camp that is there. And then there's one to Honduras, uh, Angie McInville, uh, Altamirano, you know, and she was here just a, a few weeks ago. And, and maybe you didn't know it. That you got to get connected and see. And all the information is back there. I keep pointing back there. There's a serve wall back there. All the information is back there. We're giving you these opportunities. I want to see you grow in 2018. I want to see you stronger. I want to see you uh, more what God has called and, and dreamed you would be in your life. I want to see that out of you in 2018. Okay. Second thing is, is gather. That we gather more people in 2018 than we ever have. That we just blow right past 75%. And we gather more unconnected people than we ever have in our life. Let me tell you, here's, here's some of the things we've got to do. We've got to keep this a safe place, all right? Let me, let me tell you four, four little rules I'd like to give you. And incidentally, I hope we work these in our growth track too, singing that. Maintaining a safe place. We need to move more of us to the 9 a.m. service. We've got a pretty good crowd here. We sometimes have a better crowd than this in the second service. We need to make more room in this service. We can add some rows back there, but the more rows we add back there, the less room we've got for the fellowship and the connections. You know what? I don't want to twist anybody's arm to go into the nine o'clock service, but you know what? Let me tell you this: nine o'clock, you know, early service for me. You know, when I wasn't pastoring in the time that I was serving in a different kind of ministry, I wasn't the pastor. That early service was my thing because you know, before the other service would even get out, I was already sitting in the restaurant. I beat all the Baptists and the Methodists to the restaurant and everything. You know, so I'm just trying to give you some ideas. You know, just to get you there. And you know, if your kids wake you up at seven o'clock every Sunday anyway, what in the world are you doing just sitting around waiting for them? You know, to get ornery and tired before you bring them to church. You know, come on the nine o'clock service. We need to move some people to nine o'clock, but also we need to move you up a couple of rows. All right. Uh, we, we used to say this, and, we, and, and occasionally we would put out reserve signs, and we did today, and we've had to let some of you sit on there because we had a pre, you know, pretty good crowd here this morning, not quite as much as normal, but, but we try to reserve the back row or two for uh, our first-time attenders and people because, you know what, if, if you were to go to a church for the first time, like you came here your first time, you don't want to come down and sit on the front row, do you? No, we, so I want to encourage every one of you, move forward two rows, wherever you, uh, you know, where, uh, Caleb, you don't have to sit in the floor, okay? I'm not saying that you got to move forward two rows from the front row, okay? But move forward a couple of rows, and let's, let's, keep that, let's keep those back two rows because I know we actually did see some first-time attenders today in first, second service on the back row. So, so we need to do that to continue, to continue opening that door. Okay, so let me spend just a little bit of time right here on being an icebreaker during the closing prayer time. Let me ask you a question, okay? You church 2911 people, all right? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a service that you had a need and you thought about, maybe I need to let the prayer team pray for me, but you didn't move forward. Anybody? Come on, be honest, be honest. You had needs, you didn't, yep, yep, yep. Come on, some of you just not being honest, right? Yep, yep, you didn't move. Let me, I hope that never happens again. Because let me tell you what does happen. It's first-time attenders, they're in a service for the first time. And they need, they want, they need prayer. They won't pray, and they, they, move, they, they don't want to move forward because they don't want to be the only one to do, to do that. There are people who are waiting for somebody to break the ice. And, and, you know, when you guys start making yourself, availing yourself of the prayers that the prayer team are putting out, when you start doing that and doing that, and when, when 10 and 15 and 20 people are coming forward for prayer, then this prayer thing is normal instead of something that may be a little weird to a first-time attender. 
You ever thought about it that way? So, listen, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you to do something that you don't need. I'm saying, if you've got a need, then step forward. When you start stepping forward for the prayer that you need, okay? It's not, I'm not trying to twist your arm into doing something you don't need. I'm saying, when you start stepping forward for the prayer that you need, it's going to become, that's going to become normal to all of us. And be, so don't ever do it again. Like this morning, some of you need to pray. You need, you need God to do something in your life. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story in, in closing in just a second. I, I just got to finish this up right here real quick. And, and I'm going to tell you a story that I'm hoping will really challenge you to let the prayer team start praying for it. And the last thing is stay friendly there because the w- number one thing I hear when I ask people so, you know, about our church, they say, man, it's, a, it's just the friendliest church, whatever. Okay, well, it is. And you came and people were friendly with you. So stay friendly. You know, if that's the reason, if that's one of the reasons you're here, then you be friendly too. If you had a bad attitude when you came in your first day and somebody was friendly to you, then please don't keep the bad attitude. Just be friendly like everybody else. We got to stay friendly, okay? We got to start, we got to keep reaching out. That's one of the things that makes this a safe place. You know that you bring somebody, they won't just be walking in and being in the middle of a bunch of clicks. They'll be invited in the more gyms. So let me give you this. Here, here's a, here's, a, here's a, a, a quote, all right? Uh, next slide over there, if you will, Kevin. I really would like to visit a church, but I'm not particularly comfortable going by myself. What is weird is that I'm 32 years old. I've never had a Christian invite me to church in my entire life. Who said that? Wasn't one of your friends, was it? Here would be a bad answer to that. Could be. That'd be a bad answer, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've got friends that have never been to church that I have never invited either. This was actually from a survey done by by uh, Lifeway, you know, the, um, the, the, the Baptist bookstore and all the stuff that they do. This was that. So, you know, what could it be? Could be somebody that you and I know because they're really a southern, southeastern thing, you know, so it could be. Man, I don't want, I don't want to hear that one day. I don't want to hear one of my friends say one day, you know, I wanted to go to church with you, but you never invited me. I don't want to hear that. So here's my challenge to you, okay? I'll give you a challenge. By Easter, I want to challenge every regular attender at 2911 to have an unconnected person sitting with them in the Easter service. Now, that doesn't mean you wait till Easter to invite them. You start inviting them right now, and if they come to church with you next week, then you just keep them here until Easter. And that by Easter, you've got an unconnected person sitting, someone who was previously unconnected, sitting with you. In the, that's my challenge for every single one of you. I've set a personal goal. Let me just, let me just tell you, I've set a personal goal that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite 100 unconnected people to come to 2911 this year you know what i don't even know if i know a hundred unconnected people that are close enough to come here you know i'm gonna have to go find them i've set that goal and one of the reasons i'm telling you about it is because i want you to know you got to set some goals too if you're gonna we got to gather we need to gather more than we ever have we because there are people that their lives are literally falling apart and they don't know what to do about it and you and i have the answer you and i have been set free we understand the freedom. We experience this joy and freedom that even, even when we're struggling, and it's still, it's still there. Okay, last thing. This is the last thing I'm closing. This is the last thing I want to see in 2018. Don't go there just yet, Kevin. Let me set this up just a little bit. Let me go back to this, and, and uh, I promise you, I hope not a lot of, I started to say I hope not a lot of first-time attenders are here, but that's not what I really mean by this. Is I just want to say if you're a first-time attender, I don't normally go this long, and we got started late as well. 
but I've just got to give you this last, this last little thing right here. It's because the question keeps coming up. Pastor, what about a building? You heard anything about a building? We got anything? Let, let me just tell you, we're looking for a building all the time. It's, it's, it's not that I'm calling people up, but it, we're, we're paying attention. And I, very rarely does anybody say, Pastor, have you looked? And, and I hadn't already looked at it. You know, I'm not saying don't, t- don't tell me about buildings anymore because I'm, I've already, I know I'm saying, please, you ask me or tell me about them. But normally we've already looked and we've already checked out, you know, the financial side of it. You know, if it's big enough or if there are other limitations that wouldn't work for us, that, those kinds of things. And, and uh, so, so, yeah, we're doing that. But we're in this place that we are. And, and, and one, of the, one of the things is, is the budget, you know. It's like we have budget that we could afford a building. But right now we're spending that budget on ministry that we would have in ministry. Some ministry would have to stop being funded to afford a building. So we have to make our choices. Okay, so give you a little bit more uh, history here. Five years ago last month, we were perfectly positioned. We were in position to buy a big building. Um, some of you know it by the IGA. That's what you remember it being at Kimberly. We had the financing worked out. Um, we, we already had some plans together on how we were going to retrofit it. And, and because, you know, you don't find a lot of buildings out there unless it already is a church that is perfect like you want to just move into. We were two, less than two weeks away from closing on that building when zoning wouldn't work out and we, couldn't, we went, weren't allowed to, uh, to be, have it rezoned so that we could have a church in that building. We were two weeks away from that. We were perfectly positioned to pay for that building, to pay for the retrofit, to start doing ministry at that building, to have a building of our own. And that's what some of us have really, and sometimes, you know, still will say, man, in some ways, that, you know, but God's got us here right now. A lot of things have changed in the last five years. We've sold our little building. We had to get out of that. We were killing all of our volunteers, and we moved here. And now we're reaching people like we have never reached people before. 67.5% of the people attending here. I'm the abnormal one. I'm the different one because I was raised in church and have pretty much been in church every Sunday of my life. You know, I'm the different one. We're reaching people in a different way. And so now today, we're not really perfectly positioned to just, because, I mean, if you start talking about a building, you just start at a million, okay? Just start at a million dollars. And, and you might find something to look, but just start there, and then you got to go in and retrofit it, remodel it, you know, make it what you want it to be, repair it. Some of these big buildings that you guys have mentioned to me that we've checked into, yes, it'd be a lot more than a million plus a lot more to re- remodel it. And so we would have to make some changes, and we could do that if that's what God leads us to do. But right now, that's not where we are. We're not at a place, or we'd have to, like I said, we'd have to shut down some ministries, stop funding some ministries to be able to afford a building. You know what we're perfectly positioned to do right now? You know what we've, we've been working on for the last two years? What I've been, I've been just feeling led of God to be working on this, and really over the last six months, we've really ramped it up. We are perfectly positioned to launch something new in a new community. And what I hope in 2018 is we do something in a different community than we're doing right now. That we reach a new community somewhere, somehow. Because we've got a message. I, you know, I, I'm not saying other churches don't have a message, okay? But we've got a message the world needs to hear. We've got a way of doing church that makes unchurched, unconnected people feel comfortable enough to hang around and start growing. And that needs to go into other communities. Would you say amen with me about that? That needs to go into other communities. And I pray that's what happens. I hope that. I've been feeling this for two years. And so I believe 2018 may be the year this happens. 
You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.